What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. It is the 6th, and we will be talking some college football on today's show. Probably going to be the last show of the year. We spend the entirety of our College Wednesday talking some football. We're going to preview the Alabama-Ohio State National Championship uh, game, which should be coming up on, I think, Monday, is it? Let's check. Yeah, Monday the 11th. Um, There's been some talk about moving it. I don't think it's going to get moved, so... Uh, we'll preview it. We'll go through the game, let you know how we see this thing going, look at each team so far this season, and of course, end the show with a pick for the College Football National Championship. Uh, before we get going, this is a Woos Media podcast, but Woos Media does much more than podcasting. If you own a business or know anyone who owns a business and want to make the most of your online presence, Woos Media specializes in online marketing. So if you want to start showing up in front of your demographic, your customers who you want to show up in front of on apps, social media, website, contact Woos Media. They can certainly help you out for a great price. Online, woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. All right, so let's get into it. Alabama, Ohio State. This game is taking place on Monday the 11th. Alabama, eight-point favorites, over under 76 and a half. Ho-ho, Nelly. All right, so uh, let's just go through. Like I said, preview this thing, and then I'll give a pick at the end. Uh, let's start offensively. On offense, it's it, both these teams actually have very similar production. Ohio State rushes a little bit more successfully. Alabama throws the ball a little more successfully, but they're, in terms of total yards per game, pretty close right there, neck and neck. Now, on the ground, Ohio State is outrushing Alabama about 273 yards a game to 185. Alabama throwing for about 350 a game, and Ohio State throwing for about 275 yards per game. Total points per game, and it's important to keep in mind, Alabama has played more games. I think they've played double the amount of games than Ohio State has. So it's very tough because the the numbers I'm going to be using today will obviously be points per game, yards per game, things like that. It's not going to be total yards, total rushes, total whatever, because again, Ohio State's played fewer games. We can't look at overall numbers. We have to look at how many points and thing and, and, and stats per game these teams are getting to kind of put them on an even even playing field. But even so, if Alabama has played more games and they're averaging five more points per game, that's a huge plus for Alabama. I mean, more difficult schedule, for sure. Tougher defenses, for sure. Scoring more points, for sure. And twice the amount of games. Obviously, that's a that's a plus for Alabama there. Ohio State, I don't want to take anything away from what they've done, but it's just tough. When you don't know, it's tough to assume. Now, here's what we can assume. Ohio State is one of the most talented teams in the nation. They have a top five recruiting class pretty much every single year. So, we know that at their healthiest, at their best, Ohio State can play with anybody. And look what they did last week against Clemson, right? I had Clemson. I thought the the, the Tigers would win that game, and Ohio State came out, came out and looked very, very good. So I don't want to make this seem like Ohio State, uh, they've only played a small schedule. The, the sample size is small. I think the sample size doesn't matter too much for Ohio State. Right, if they played twelve games or six games, they're probably going to score around the same amount of points. Probably going to let up the same amount of points per game. If not, improve defensively. You know that, that those numbers may actually improve throughout the year as Justin Fields and that defense get more and more experience, more and more playing time, things like that. So Ohio State's a good team who we shouldn't ignore, and the fact that they've played fewer games, we should be cognizant of it, but we shouldn't let it overwhelm our handicapping. Uh, if we look at some player stats here, Alabama. Um, 
only quarterback, well, actually two quarterbacks to play this year, Mac Jones and then Bryce Young got a little bit of work in there too. Some backup work when Mac Jones went out for a couple plays in one of the earlier games of the season. But overall, Mac Jones is their quarterback, 4,000 yards on the season, 36 touchdowns, four interceptions. Now, he's been sacked 11 times, around one per game, but Mac Jones, I mean, he just pro- look, how long has he been in Alabama for? Three, four years, waited for this opportunity? It's just a testament to all the talent that, that the Crimson Tide have. But Mac Jones, very good quarterback, and he's throwing it to, uh, obviously, you know, some of the best receivers in the country, probably the best receiver in arguably the best college football player in the country, and uh, Devontae Smith. Now, you may say, what do you mean arguably the best? He just won the Heisman. He may be the best college football player this year. You know, Devontae Smith, very good. He's obviously their most electric uh, receiver or skill position guy on the outside. Well, I uh, that may seem obvious, right? Devontae Smith, 105 catches, by far leading the team. He has twice as many catches as the next highest player, but we can't forget Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle, who was very, very electric. I mean, this kid is fast. He's their punt returner, kick returner, uh, wide receiver, obviously. He got hurt early in the year. He had 25 catches, four touchdowns after, I want to say, three games, and then he hurt his ankle. Well, Jalen Waddle will be a game-time decision. So if Waddle and Devontae Smith are both healthy, that's going to be very, very difficult for Ohio State to cover both those guys while shutting down John Mechie, Najee Harris, who catches balls out of the backfield, and tight ends like uh, Jalen Billingsley and Miller Forstat. So I honestly think, or uh, Forrestall, however the hell you say his last name, e- either way, Alabama's loaded on offense. And it's so funny that in Alabama, for years, we know this team to play good defense, run the football, not make any mistakes, and end up winning that way. Alabama is one of the best passing teams in the country. You look at passing, Alabama right now, top five passing team, top five passing efficiency, and in terms of points per game, Alabama's number two in the entire country. So this Alabama team can score. This Alabama team can move the football. They're good defensively. They're great offensively. And really, it's pretty much the same story with Ohio State. Now, the Buckeyes, Justin Fields, only quarterback to play this year for him, but he's had a great season so far. 73.5% completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 186.7 quarterback rating. But here's the thing. In half as many games... Justin Fields has almost twice as many sacks. So the offensive line letting Justin Fields get hit. And also we know Justin Fields likes to extend the play. He gets sacked. You know, he's more vulnerable to get hit behind the line of scrimmage. But that's not a good stat for a defense in Alabama who's fast, smart, can use their safeties and outside linebackers in very creative ways. This may be an interesting matchup. I mean, a lot of this game will come down to, can Ohio State protect Justin Fields? Because if Alabama is making this game really, really uncomfortable, we may see Indiana 2.0. And I know Ohio State beat Indiana by 7, but you can't give those opportunities to an Alabama team. So Justin Fields, good stats, a little concern on the sacks, but he can always turn the ball and hand off to Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, 115 attempts, uh, just shy of 900 yards on the season, 7.5 yards per carry, 4 touchdowns. We saw him go off for, what was it, 300 yards in that game against Clemson. This guy's for real. Transfer from Oklahoma. He catches the ball as well. How many catches does he have on the air? He's 5th in the team in receptions, or excuse me, 4th on the team in receptions with 12. And you know what's funny? is He's actually tied for 3rd. Jesus, 5th, 4th, that, ah. He's tied for 3rd in receptions. So... 
you know, Justin Fields is not someone who's going to carve up your defense by throwing precision passes, you know, medium on medium routes. Ohio State's going to beat you by running the football, using the heavy rushing attack with both Trey Sermon, uh, I think Master Teague is healthy for this game, and Justin Fields. Let's look this up real quick. Master Teague. Let's see. Is he going to play? Yeah, I'm not sure. He left the Big Ten title game with an injury. No, he's not going to play. Unavailable. So, wow, that's that. That's certainly a hit for Ohio State. But anyway, um, someone's going to fill in there. Like we talked about with, with with Alabama, Ohio State's just as deep. So they're missing Master Teague. That's fine. <laughs> Good name, by the way. He averaged five yards a carry, led the team in touchdowns this year, kind of their goal line back, so they will need a little production there. But you start to add these things up, and Ohio State's got a really, really good offense. Missing Master Teague may hurt, but this is a, a team who rushes the football and relies on opening up passing lanes by a successful running game. You know, Justin Fields is not going to be successful throwing the football this game against Alabama if Ohio State can't rush the football. It's essential that the Buckeyes run the football to set up the pass. When you look at Alabama's offense, it's it's pretty much both ways. Alabama doesn't need to do either to be successful. So a, a bit of a check mark there for Alabama offensively. And look, the days of defense winning championships is long gone. Both these teams are top five in terms of points per game. Alabama number two, Ohio State number five. Both teams are in the mid-20s for points per game allowed. And both these teams are in the mid-40s for yards per game allowed. The idea that a dominating defense is how you get to the playoffs and win a championship is not true anymore. What you need is an electric offense and ways to score points, ways to keep up. That's what we saw last time these two teams played. I think it was 2015 in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, the Buckeyes won 42-35, right? The day of 17-13 games in the championship, not that we had many of those recently, those are gone. You need great offense. Both of these teams have great offenses, and... Uh, so far, you know, not a huge edge one way or the other. Now, defensively, again, points per game allowed, mid-20s, yards per game allowed, mid-40s. Both these defenses are similar. I give Alabama a bit of an edge with the physicality in the front seven, and I give Ohio State an edge with, the, with their speed on the outside. However, oh, Alabama is going to be by far the fastest team Ohio State has seen all year, especially if uh, uh, Jalen Waddle's back. So... I think Alabama does have a slight edge for speed when they have the football and Ohio State's on, on, on the field. But my one thing that I've noticed this year from Ohio State is they are fast. They are athletic. Now, that may not be a huge surprise because it's Ohio State, but still, you start looking at strengths, and, and that's how it is for Alabama, too. But when I look at a lot of strengths for Ohio State, what they did against these teams in the Big Ten, they did all year long, that gets negated because Alabama is simply a better team than they've seen. So if they've had that speed and always had an edge on speed defensively all year long, we can't factor that in because speed won't be necessarily as effective for Ohio State this game because Alabama's the fastest offense with the fastest uh, skill players that they've seen all year long. All right, let's move on to some, uh, some more of these uh, just kind of team... Uh, against the spread stats, things like that, because it's kind of interesting when you look at Alabama in this specific situation. Okay, so Alabama opened up a seven-point favorite, and it has since moved to minus eight. And that's actually a really important number because Alabama, as an eight-point favorite or more, is usually very good against the spread. But here's the thing. When that number comes down to seven, 
Alabama, in their last eight games, favored by seven points or fewer, right? So any, anything they're favored by minus one, two, three, all the way up to seven. They are three and five straight up in those games. Okay, they've lost eight out of the last five games where they've only been a touchdown favorite. And they're two and five and one against the spread. Again, last eight games where Alabama has been a seven point favorite or less, they are three and five straight up and two, five and one against the spread. Not the most comfortable position for Alabama. And the reason why things like this are important, right? Some trends, some numbers are just fake. They don't mean anything. You should ignore them. But some trends and some numbers aren't. You know, some have meaning behind them. And when you look at a corridor of a spread, I like to look at trends like this because what this means is Alabama should win, but these teams are close enough to where it's within a touchdown. This is a specific situation, right? Alabama rarely gets this spot. Alabama does overwhelmingly well as an underdog, right? But when they're expected to win neutral field, touchdown or fewer, they do tend to struggle. And that's not good news right now for Alabama, except that line's moving closer and closer to eight, eight and a half. And so far, none of the big money's come in on the Buckeyes. Again, Alabama, a lot of their production does come down to Devontae Smith. Uh, Waddle, Jalen Waddle may be able to take the pressure off Smith in this game and spread that out, spread the production out. But last game in the Rose Bowl, Devontae Smith had seven catches, 130 yards, three touchdowns. You know, so he wins the Heisman Trophy. It's no surprise how good he can be. We all understand that. Jalen Waddle coming back, potentially coming back, uh, could make Smith even more effective because they're going to have to give some attention to both receivers. Alabama's 31 points against the Fighting Irish was the lowest total offensively all year long. Now, should we be surprised by that? No, we shouldn't. That's why I picked Notre Dame last week. And did it take a backdoor cover to get the Irish cover? Yes, it did. But did we predict that pretty much happening? Yes, we did. Why? Because Alabama doesn't need margin in the playoffs. You know, all these stats like, oh, well, look at Alabama, how they've done against the spread in the playoffs. And they crumble in the in the postseason. You know, it's I saw a stat. The Crimson Tide are four, seven and one against the spread in their last 12 postseason contests, including 0 and four against the spread. And their last four bowl championship game appearances. What's going on with Alabama? What's go- you know what's going on? Is all the stats from their regular season always get baked in to the final line in the playoffs? And Alabama, I guess a good way to put it is they muddy up the stats, right? They make these stats seem like they're a lot more impressive than this team really is because they're running it up. They're scoring as many points as they can. In the fourth quarter, if Alabama has the ball in a regular season game, in the fourth quarter, and they're up 49-0, and there's three minutes left, you're going to go score the fucking touchdown. Why? Because you need to. Margin matters in college football. Once you make the playoffs, that all goes out the window. You've guaranteed that as long as you win, you advance. So the whole idea of Alabama doesn't cover, they choke in these situations, they're not good enough, they're overrated. No. If anything... They may be overrated because of their regular season statistics, right? But that doesn't mean that inherently Alabama does worse in postseason games. Against the spread, they do, but there's a reason for it. They simply outperform their statistics during the regular season and underperform in the postseason, not because of a lack of production, but because of a lack of necessity. They don't need the points. They don't need the yards. So why would they get the yards and risk injury? I put... Really no stock at all into Alabama's recent against the spread postseason struggles. 
And Ohio State, you know, their big thing this year is canceled games. They've only played, I think, six games so far, including the uh, Big Ten Championship and last week's game. Let me look that up for sure. I believe it's I believe it's six games. Just one moment here. When the fuck did that tab go? Jesus Christ. I tell you what, man. Sometimes just it's like I just want to see their record. Can you just bring up a record? They're seven and oh. They played seven games. Good God. It's like every article you bring up it was a windy winter morning when Urban My or when uh, Ryan Day arose from you know his bed to check the standings and oh as he got his coffee and scrolled down espn he he could see that ohio state was seven and oh it's like why do we need a goddamn story for everything these days just give me the fucking answer good god all right anyway a little worked up there it's like i should be able to type in ohio state record and not get some movie some james cameron movie script about it anyway um where was i with that what was i saying um <laughs> Good God. Uh, Alabama or uh, Ohio State. They're, one of their main things is they've missed a lot of time this year, obviously. Seven games. And I think the thing that, that I missed on and that a lot of people missed on is when you have small sample size and you only have six or seven games to go off of, what happens negatively really stands out. You know, Ohio State didn't have that bad of a season, but everyone was down on the Buckeyes because of those couple games that were close. Now, again, overall, you look at their stats... They crush a lot of teams. They beat Nebraska 52-17, beat Rutgers by 22 points, beat Michigan State by 40, beat a good Northwestern team by a couple touchdowns where they struggled early. They beat Clemson 49-28, right? But a lot of us remember, yeah, Tyler, but what about Indiana? What about that Indiana game? What about when they only beat Penn State by 13, took a late score, and we ended up seeing how bad Penn State was, right? A lot of people focus on the negative for Ohio State and they don't identify the positive because it's easier. You weigh the negative more in your head. I think it's just human nature. And when you have less games to look off of, the confidence can be down for these teams. And that's where I was wrong with Ohio State last week. I thought that reps mattered, reps, R-E-P-S, reps mattered a lot more than they apparently did. You know, this team was ready to go. And I underestimated Ryan Day in in these Ohio State Buckeyes for sure. And I don't want to make that mistake again because, you know, like I said, we can't just say they played six games, uh, focus on the bad, forget the good. This is a very, very good football team. I, I don't have any issue with Ohio State making the playoffs, making the finals. You know, this is arguably one of the two best teams in college football this season for sure. And we saw that again last week. You know, they gained 639 yards, Ohio State did, against Clemson last week. 639 yards. That's crazy. And I mentioned Ohio State likes to run the football. Well, they threw the ball for almost 400 yards against that very good Clemson defense. And we know Brett Venables and Clemson know how to play defense, right? If Justin Fields isn't 100% for this game, which I don't know if he's going to be, they're going to rely on the running game more. Trey Sermon will get the football a lot, right? But with the injury at running back, with uh, Master Teague likely not playing, and injury, obviously, to Justin Fields, you wonder how effective Ohio State will be. You know, I mean, that's a simple question, but I think it's a very uh, important question that we don't ignore. Because Trey Sermon, I think he ran for 331 yards in the Big Ten final, uh, 193 yards against Clemson. 
61 of the or 61 additional yards on receptions. So it's going to be about the production in the backfield. And does Ohio State miss these guys who were injured? Do they miss some of the, you know, I, I know I mentioned reps last week. I don't want to get caught up in that because I overvalued experience and time on the field this this year last week for Ohio State, so I don't really want to do that. But I, I just think Alabama's better than Clemson. And I, I think that matters more against Alabama than it does Clemson. And I also think that last week, Clemson may have been a bit distracted. You know, they got a lot of guys going to the NFL. This is Trevor Lawrence's last year. The, the whole idea of let's all band together for one last run, that's kind of weird because Clemson's been so successful recently. You wonder, are a lot of those guys focused on the NFL? And Alabama hadn't been here in in a year. It's been a, an entire two years since Alabama's been to the <laughs> to the national championship game. But again, I expect Nick Saban to not let that happen. You know, I love Dabo Sweeney, but Dabo Sweeney is not Nick Saban in terms of preparation, discipline, control over like the emotions of the team. Dabo Sweeney is one of those guys who's going to get out there hoot, or hooting and hollering and talking about rankings and talking about things and causing headlines to be written. Dabo likes the attention. Dabo likes the controversy. Nick Saban doesn't. Nick Saban's about as vanilla as you can get. You know, he's taking a page right out of Bill Belichick's playbook. And so that brings us to our coaching matchup. Who do I like in terms of the coaches here? I, I love Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban is the best coach still in college football. He's older. He's getting old. But obviously, things have not passed him by. And I think it's so amazing that in this era where it's very tough to win in college football. It's maybe the toughest era ever to win consistently in college football. Nick Saban's found a method, found something that works every single week. And you got to give him a lot of credit. He's one of the better coaches in college football. Ryan Day, I think, deserves to be in the conversation of top 10, top 15 coaches. But right now, I don't put Ryan Day anywhere near Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney. I think those two are on their own level in college football, and there's a whole bunch of guys right behind them. Ryan Day's good. To, to, to consider him one of the best coaches, I need to wait and see what he does bringing in his own class after several, several, several years. Look, I could go to Ohio State and get a top 15 class next year. It doesn't take some genius to get good players to go to Ohio State. You just not have to fuck things up. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, like these colleges will always get players as long as they don't mess things up themselves. So am I going to sit here and pat Ryan Day on the back for getting all these five stars? No. Am I going to sit pat Ryan Day on the back for taking Urban Meyer's team and winning early with it? No. But at least Ryan Day is proving that he can put together a good game plan. He knows offense well, and he is getting apparently secondhand looks from a couple NFL teams. You know, I did hear in a report this week, if it's not Urban Meyer, go to Jacksonville. The Jags like Ryan Day. He knows a lot about college football. I understand that. You know, he's forgotten more about college football than I know. I get that. But to put him on the same label level as Nick Saban? Absolutely not. So given everything, a couple injuries for Ohio State. We don't know Justin Fields. We may have Jalen Waddle coming back for Alabama. The Crimson Tide look healthy, ready to go, moving the football. If anything, I think there's still... Uh, people look at Alabama not covering last week against Notre Dame, and they look at Ohio State blowing out Clemson, and you get a little bit of a shift to perception here. I don't think that should be the case at all. I think Alabama wins this comfortably. I think Ohio State has too many question marks for me to feel comfortable about backing this team, so we will go ahead and take the Alabama Crimson Tide minus the eight points. Obviously, I like it for any teaser option if you can find something good to put it with. 
because that is an advantage teaser, moving from minus eight to minus two. So I certainly like that. I think that's pretty juicy, pretty tasty there too. But overall, I like Alabama minus the eight points for all those reasons. It's going to be fun. Monday night, national championship. Let's go. So, all right, whatever you guys have going today, good luck. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.